Spring into reading this season with the Biblio Lifestyle 2024 Spring Reading Guide. In this season's guide, I've handpicked 21 of the best new books and I've organized them across six categories. So whether you're looking for a romance novel that will give you a happily ever after, a thrilling mystery to keep you guessing, or an immersive historical fiction book, this guide has a book or three or seven just for you. Now, if 21 books sounds like too much for you, there's a minimalist reads list in the guide, which includes a list of six must-read books from across genres. But wait, that's not all. The spring reading guide also includes fun recipes, spring activities and lifestyle tips. So head on over to springreadingguide.com and download your copy of the guide. That's springreadingguide.com and download your free copy of the 2024 spring reading guide. So download your free copy and discover your next favorite book. Happy reading! Welcome to The Reader's Couch, a podcast that brings you lively conversations with some of your favorite authors and bookish personalities. Over here, the couch is always booked, but I've moved some books to the side table and fluffed some cushions so I can welcome a guest or two to come lounge with us. Today on the couch, we have Lily Vale an author who is warming all hearts through her laugh out loud second chance at love rom-com her novel tells a story about an indian american woman who signs herself and her boyfriend up for a matchmaking site to prove that they're a perfect match only to be paired with her ex instead stay tuned Readers, get ready for cosy reading and all the autumnal feels with the Biblio Lifestyle 2021 Fall Reading List. This year's guide has a total of 42 books organized across seven categories, so you can head straight to your favorite genres if you prefer. We also have one category that's dedicated to the minimalist reader. And our minimalist reads list has eight titles that we highly recommend if you're only planning to pick up a few reads this fall. In the guide, you'll also find some fun recipes, things to do at home, and tips to improve your reading life. So download your free copy of the guide and see the books that made the list over at bibliolifestyle.com forward slash 2021 FRL. That's bibliolifestyle.com forward slash 2021 FRL. I'll also include a link in the show notes so you can sign up there. A historical fiction novel to keep on your radar is The Royal Correspondent by Alexandra Joel. The author of The Paris Model returns with a historical novel set in 1960s Sydney and London, and it tells the story of an up-and-coming young Australian reporter with a deadly secret. 
In the novel, we meet Blaze Hill, the only female reporter in the Clarion's newsroom in Sydney. But the ambitious young journalist's confidence is shaken when she secretly witnesses the murder of a top crime boss. One of the few people who knows what really happened and what Blaze knows is the handsome Adam Rule, who also helps to cover up the murder. So when Blaze gets an assignment to move to England to cover the British royal family, she hopes to put it all behind her. But one night, she attends a gala hosted by Queen Elizabeth, and among the crowd is the last man she expects to see, Adam Rule. And now she's wondering if that dark secret is coming back to hurt her, or is this the beginning of something more dangerous? The Royal Correspondent brings to life the thrilling, colourful world of 1960s Sydney and London. And we see an ambitious woman who dared to make her way in a man's world. The Royal Correspondent by Alexandria Joel is being published by Harper Perennial. And books are on sale now. So visit your local bookseller or library so you can get your hands on a copy. A novel about womanhood, family and friendship to keep an eye out for is Black Girls Must Die Exhausted by Jane Allen. Black Girls Must Die Exhausted is the first novel in a three-book series and we meet a young black woman who must rely on courage, laughter, love and the support of her two longtime friends to overcome an unexpected setback. In the novel, we meet Tabitha Walker, a black woman with a plan to have it all. At 33 years old, the checklist for her life of her dreams is well underway, until she receives an unexpected diagnosis that brings her picture-perfect life crashing down. Suddenly, she's faced with an impossible choice between her career, her dream home and her ability to have a family of her own. But with the help of her best friends and family, Tabby explores the reaches of modern medicine and tests the limits of her relationships in hopes to salvage the future she's always dreamed of. But Tabby soon learns that her grandmother's age-all adage just might still be true. Black girls must die exhausted. Black Girls Must Die Exhausted by Jane Allen is being published by Harper Perennial and books go on sale on September 28th, 2021. So visit your local bookseller or library so you can get your hands on a copy. readers welcome again to the reader's couch i'm your host victoria wood and here on the couch with me is the author of the young adult novel small town hearts but she's here with me to talk about her adult debut romantic comedy the shardy setup please welcome to the couch lily vale hey lily hi I'm so excited to have you here. I can't wait for us to talk about the Shadi setup. But yeah, it will be available in bookstores for readers to get their hands on. I mean, how are you feeling? How excited are you? I am very excited. Like, it feels amazing that we're so close to pub day. 
I know, I know, we're counting down the days. I can't wait. But I want you to tell our listeners, tell us about the Shadi setup and what can readers expect going in? The Shadi setup is a slow burn exes to lovers, second chance romance between a furniture restorer called Rita Chitness and her high school sweetheart, Milan Rao, who also happens to be the boy who broke her heart really, really spectacularly about six years ago. Things aren't really perfect with her current boyfriend, Neil, but they're good enough for her for right now, where she's just interested in having fun and she's not really looking for anything super serious. When her mom sets her up with her ex, Milan, she volunteers her interior design skills to help him sell a really difficult listing. And Rita wants to prove how over him she is. So she comes up with a setup of her own. She's going to sign herself and her current boyfriend, Neil, up on My Shadi a reputable Indian matchmaking site to convince everyone just how over Milan she really is. And, you know, it's a second chance of romance. So hint, she's not over him at all. But as soon as she gets the validation she needs from the website, she thinks she can rub her perfect match with her new guy in Milan's face. Instead, the site matches her with the last person she ever expected, which is of course Milan. And as they work together in a professional partnership, she kind of has to reevaluate what really happened between them all those years ago to split them up, her mother's motivation in setting them up today, and reevaluate whether broken things can ever really be fixed. And there's a lot of fun tropes to enjoy. Some of my favorite in the book are second chances, forced proximity, slow burn, and first love. Plus, on the cover, you can see two really adorable dogs. It's Rita's Yorkie Jack Russell Terrier mix and a French bulldog. And so if you if you love books about cute puppies and their shenanigans, I think you'd really love it. Yay, awesome. But I really want to know, Lily, what inspired you to write the Shadi setup? I mean, you know, what was the spark that gave you the idea for this novel? Well, what happened was my mom actually asked me if I ever thought about joining Tinder And she didn't really know what people normally use Tinder for. So I kind of had to get in the embarrassing explanation of that. And I kind of made like a off the cuff comment. And I said, oh, imagine if two kids met on Tinder, they hooked up on the first date, and then they discover they want to keep seeing each other. And obviously, when a lot of couples get together, the first question people ask is, how did you guys meet? And like, imagine telling your family members, essentially, that oh, we met because we hooked up on the first date. Obviously, that's not really something Rita wants to share with her parents, especially because her mom has some bad history with her current boyfriend, Neil's dad. So she decides to come up with this really elaborate backstory with her whole setup of joining myshoddy.com to fake basically their first meeting for their parents' sake to prove that they're perfect for each other. And I kind of came up with this on the fly, it flashed through my head in like 10 seconds. And I realized this was the plot of a book that I was really desperate to read, just like the the web we weave when we try to deceive, basically. And I was really interested in these characters and the mistakes they'd make along the way. So here's a funny thing for readers. Rita is dating a guy, his mm-hmm. name is Neil, and their families just don't get along. So then, like you mentioned, when she signs up for this website, instead of it matching her with Neil to say, hey, 
you know, were solid. Instead, it matches her with her ex. Mm-hmm. So now she ends up, you know, having to interact with him because meddling mothers, of course, you know, she's trying to set them up. She volunteers Rita to help Milan with his homes by, you know, her doing some interior design and um, so on. Mm-hmm. And Instead, of course, you know, it's an excess to lovers romance. So obviously she's not completely over him. So they worked on one house. They ended up working on two. So I devised a game called What Would Rita Design? So I need you for a moment to kind of embody the main character, Rita. She's an interior designer. Milan has some homes lined up. And we want to see what home from classic literature Rita would design. So you ready? Yep. Okay. So, would Rita design a home from Mandalay in Rebecca or Thornfield Halls from Jane Eyre? Mandalay. Would she go for Castle Dracula from Dracula or Hill House from The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson? I know those two are spooky. Hmm. Dracula, probably. Ooh, I like that. (laughs) Would she go... For Pemberley from Pride and Prejudice or Jay Gatsby's mansion from The Great Gatsby? Mm, Pemberley. Pemberley, okay. And my last one is Would Rita design Green Gables from Anne of Green Gables or Wuthering Heights from said book? Probably Green Gables. Green Gables? Why would she pick Green Gables? <laughs> Well, I think it just exudes a lot more of the sense of warmth and comfort and family that she is also really drawn to in her own design. Right, right. That makes sense. Totally. (laughs) So I want to know, Rita, as I mentioned in my introduction, you previously wrote a young adult novel entitled Small Town Hearts. How was it transitioning from writing YA to now adult fiction? Yeah, my debut YA novel, Small Town Hearts, featured a character who is in post-high school. So she's 19 years old. She's a little bit older than most protagonists in YA. And Rita is also a little bit older. She's in her mid to late 20s. And they have the common theme of kind of both not quite feeling like full adults yet. So I think there is a really good crossover for readers who might also feel like they're not quite full adults yet. So I think that's kind of a a theme I share in my YA and in my adult. And it actually wasn't too difficult because as I said, she's the main character in my YA was 19. So she also had the freedom of, you know, not having a curfew, not having to ask people to drive her places, not having to depend on adults in her life for things. And I think that when you write adult, like there's a lot of that freedom where, again, you don't have to depend on the adults in your life for permission or for rides or in most cases financially, even though Rita's mother does try to help her out when she thinks that Rita could use it. So I do think that one of the main differences in writing adult is there's so much more freedom for the characters, which opens up a lot more storylines and story possibilities that you might not get with YA. Okay, awesome. That makes sense. And now with two books behind you, and I did a little snooping, so I know there's a third on the way and we'll get Mm -hmm. to that. But (laughs) what advice would you give your younger writing self looking back now? 
Well, when I was a younger writer, I had, when I was like a, a teenager, I had, for example, never finished writing a full book. I, I actually started and had a lot of fizzled out starts where I gave up after three or four chapters. I couldn't really figure out why I couldn't get to the end. And for some reason, it just never occurred to me that, you know, I could go on Google and search for how to write a book. It never occurred to me that, you know, I could look up craft. So I would definitely tell my younger self that you really want to be a writer. Like you should, there are opportunities online. There are opportunities to find out a lot more to get to where you want to be. And it actually took me a really like embarrassingly long time to actually finish my first book. I finished it for NaNoWriMo 2015, and it was the hardest thing I've probably ever done because I did it when I was also juggling grad school. So I was kind of writing in between like the snatches of time between lectures, like frantically trying to get this book done. And NaNoWriMo is where you have to write in November 50,000 words in 30 days. And this was really the push I needed. And I just kept telling myself, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be done. You just have to get the words down on paper. And of course, at this point, you know, I hadn't learned too much about craft or anything. So I was kind of just flying by the seat of my pants. You know, just it was a complete discovery draft. I hadn't planned out anything. So by the time I actually finished, it was very underwritten. I barely squeaked by with the 50,000 words. But it was the first book I'd ever completed. And it was done. And I was wildly proud of it. And I think looking back, what I would tell myself is don't give up after chapter three, keep going, keep writing. And I'm sure if I had done that, I would have a lot more finished manuscripts today. On that note, how many unfinished manuscripts do you think you have under the bed there? Surprisingly, not that many. Um, I do find that even if a manuscript that I started, I didn't get too far on, even if that never, ever sees the light of day, there are a lot of ways to repurpose that material. For example, I had like different, for the shoddy setup, I had like the spark of the idea, which we discussed earlier, but I didn't really have a plot to go with it. So, but I did have this other idea for, you know, a furniture restorer and a designer. And, and, and I had like an idea for like this house on an island, kind of this beat up house that could use a little bit of TLC, a little bit of love. And these were all from like different ideas I had and I didn't know how to combine it. But then when I had the spark for the shoddy setup, I suddenly thought of a way that I could take all those elements from other manuscripts and pull them all together to make this book. So I think, you know, at some point, I hope that everything unfinished kind of gets a new lease of life in a different book. Well, like I said earlier, I've been snooping and I know you have an, a young adult book on the horizon for March 2022. Um, tell us about it. Yeah, that's my um, second YA novel. It's called Beauty and the Basharam. It's coming out in May 22 with Viking Children's. It's a friends to lovers summer workplace rom-com inspired by a gender bent Beauty and the Beast where a slightly curmudgeonly teen girl known for being Basharam, which means shameless, falls for her rival, who she is unfortunately, or fortunately, depending how you look at it, working with for the summer. And I also have another adult novel coming out with Putnam in fall 22 as well, called The Decoy Girlfriend, where an author is caught impersonating her movie star lookalike and is blackmailed into taking her place, including in dating the actress's really sexy co-star boyfriend. 
Ooh, I got a two for one, you guys. <laughs> you got more than you asked for. <laughs> I know, but I love it. Two books to look forward to in 2022. That's awesome. And now I'm really super excited. Aw. <laughs> So, like, we're here to talk about the Shadi setup, but we're readers and we love getting recommendations. So share with our listeners the last book that you read that you'd now recommend. Well, I'm a pretty chaotic reader. I don't tend to, like, stick with one book and all the way through. I kind of go between three or four. So I don't quite know what the last book I read was, but I have really enjoyed recently Love Scenes by Bridget Morrissey. You Have Me at Ola by Alexis Daria. People We Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry, and Arsenic and Adobo by Mia Manansala. Woohoo! I love it. And what books are you looking forward to reading in the year ahead? Honestly, so many. Right now, I'm currently reading a lot of like my friends' upcoming books and CP manuscripts, not all of which I can talk about, obviously, but I'm really looking forward to The Love Hypothesis by Ali Hazelwood, which comes out, I think, September 14th. I'm also really looking forward to Rachel Lynn Solomon's upcoming adult novel, A Weather Girl, and Maisie Edding's A Brush with Love, which I don't think is coming out until 22. But I'm really excited for all of those. And of course, for everything like secret that I can't talk about yet. (laughs) (laughs) I totally get it. So in addition to loving books, it's natural. We love our bookstores and we're big supporters here of local indie bookstores. And we ask all our guests on the show. So now I'm asking you to share with our listeners some of your favorite local bookstores. Well, unfortunately, where I live in Indiana, I don't have a lot of local indie bookstores, but I do currently have signed copies available with Flyleaf Books, Fountain Bookstore, The Ripped Bodice, Love, Sweet Arrow, and Mysterious Galaxy. So if you want a signed copy of my book, you can get them through any of those retailers. Awesome. So kind of tying things together and going back to the shoddy setup, I mean, I know you've done your job as an author, you've written the book, and now it's up to us readers. But how do you want readers to feel after reading this book? I mean, what are the reactions you're hoping for, or just some thoughts you're hoping readers might have? Honestly, if readers take anything at all away from my book, I'm just thrilled with whatever resonated the most with them. For me personally, a big part of why I wrote a second chance romance is, you know, what's kind of at the heart of all of these second chances is that the first try is not all you get. The future can still be different, even if you don't get love right the first time around or anything right, like not even necessarily love, but you do have more than one chance. There are a number of ways to try again. And especially in, you know, a second chance romance, a second chance means it's never the end. You do get another try to get it right, hopefully the next time around. And I think that message of hope is really just important to me. Right, right. Awesome. I love it. Readers, some of my favorite parts or just some favorite themes that you can look forward to are the exes to lovers. It's a slow burn, but it's so, so, so good. There's some cute puppies in there. If you love cute puppies, definitely read it. There's some house flipping and of course, romance and food, 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 food. If you could use three words to describe the shoddy setup, what would it be? Mmm angsty, romantic, and emotional. 
angsty, romantic, emotional. I love it. Lily, thank you so much for coming on the show and speaking with me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I had a blast, especially with your really fun game. Yay! I love it. I love it. Readers, I had so much fun with author Lily Vale, and I just want to take this opportunity to thank her again for coming and lounging on the couch with us. This week is another big publication week for so many authors. There are tons of books that will be gracing bookshelves on Tuesday, September 14th, but I'm going to spotlight 16 new and noteworthy titles for you to keep on your radar. If you're in the market for some literary fiction, I highly recommend Assembly by Natasha Brown. Also available is Talk to Me by T.C. Boyle and Snowflake by Louise Nealon. If you're looking for non-fiction, there's Mama Bear by Shirley Smith, Unbound by Tarana Burke, Mellencamp by Paul Rees, The Girls in the Wild Fig Tree by Nays Langete, and You Got Anything Stronger by Gabrielle Union. In historical fiction, the highly anticipated Harlem Shuffle by Colson Whitehead is on sale this week. Also available is The Dressmakers of Auschwitz by Lucy Adlington. If you're looking for romance, there's A Lot Like Adios by Alexis Daria and The Love Hypothesis by Ali Hazelwood. If you're looking for fantasy, there's Harrow by Joy Williams and Mordu by Alex Phoebe. And for our thriller, suspense and mystery readers, available this week is Her Perfect Life by Hank Philippi Ryan and Apples Never Fall by Leanne Moriarty. You can find a list with all these books and their summaries along with the show notes over at thereaderscouch.com. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Reader's Couch. You can find out more about the show and submit your questions for our guest by visiting our website, thereaderscouch.com. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at The Couch Is Booked. If you like the show, please subscribe, share and take a few seconds to leave a rating and review. Next week, I'll be back with new guests, more books, and some fun games we can play. But until then, stay lounging, stay reading, and whenever you're in doubt, go straight to your local bookstore or library. Thanks for listening, and happy reading.